Okay, welcome back, Falk. Uh, we had a nice conversation last week, uh, but I think we only scratched the surface on many different things, and and this time hopefully we can get a bit deeper into the original topic I intended, and that is around intuition, because I think of you as a very intuitive person, and so what does this mean for your work life, for your daily life, for your interactions? For your decision making and so on. Mm. So, where to start? Uh, well, hello, William, and thank <laughs> you very much for having me again. Uh, it's a real pleasure. I um, I enjoy our conversation very much. Um, I can remember clearly um, the first time in my life where I have made a very intuitive decision, mm. and that was when I was three years old. Wow. Um, my mother um, is a very musical person and uh, she loved to play the piano every day. And I started to move along the music that she was playing. And um, she also did a lot of um, gymnastics with me. So she knew that I was very coordinated and I loved um, just physical um, uh, activities. And then at three years old, I had this little children's lexicon and I went through the pages and under the letter of B, there was a dancing couple for ballet. And you could see a classical pose of this couple. Mm. And I can remember to this day that there was a feeling of being drawn to this art form. Um, there was just something magical about the beauty of this movement, of, of the connection that this couple had in this photo. And so I took the entire book, went up to my mother, pointed at the picture and said, this is what I want to do. This is where I can express myself. So she had started to teach me how to play the piano. And so she stopped that and instead um, said, well, if you want to dance, I'll send you to a dance school. And then at age four, I started to dance classical ballet. And then I kept on doing it for 13 years, uh, which was um, very hard at times because at school I was mobbed uh, a lot mm. for dancing classical ballet as a boy. But I kept doing it. And uh, by the end of it, uh, everybody was, um, you know, enjoying it and said, you know, Falk, you're actually really cool doing that, mm. um, uh, despite all the difficulties. Mm -hmm. And so this story um, encaps encapsulates that, mo that moment where uh, I had an intuitive decision and um, where I realized that something I couldn't explain by reason um, because I hadn't ever seen or done anything like that before it just drew me in. It just pulled me. It was, it was like a magnetic force. And, um, and I felt that I came close to a part of myself to, to experience that. And that's what kept my motivation going for such a long time. And it changed my body and my entire perception and everything. So the long-term consequences of that decision are still there today. I, I've seen you dance ballet once and uh, it was, I don't know, 10 years ago. <laughs> but yeah. I just remember you, you looked like you were really in your own world, in your element. Mm. Yeah. So, nice. Yeah. Um, and then later you became an artist. Uh, you said you have been into many different forms of art. Uh, can you name a few for mm -hmm. us? Well, it grows naturally. I, I have always been an artist, um, but of course I couldn't start doing all the things all at once. So I had to grow into it. 
and uh, my grandmother was a painter. And every time I visited her, um, I asked um, to sit next to her and watch her paint. And um, she would also give me a canvas and colors that I could choose from. So I, I did that. And um, when I was 14, 15 approximately, I asked her um, why she wouldn't want to teach me professionally. And then she said a phrase that changed my life. Um, she said, Falk, you have enough talent, you'll learn it yourself. <laughs> and <laughs> so that gave me two messages. First of all, confidence. You know, she said, you know, don't worry, you don't need teaching because you will find it within you. And the second thing was freedom. Freedom to try out, to mm -hmm. find my own voice, to find my own style. And um, that was it, you know, she never taught me anything. She never explained me anything. She just said, you know, take a brush, take a paint and go to work. <laughs> and uh, that was the second big step in my artistic development. And so dancing, painting, then drawing, of course, um, ever since I could hold a pencil, I was drawing. And um, there is a technique that I'm employing that ties perfectly into today's subject of intuition. Um, it is the one-line drawings. Um, mm. yeah, maybe you've heard of it. Maybe some of the listeners have heard of it. Um, it's a continuous line that never stops and where the beginning point and the end point um, come together. And there is no crossing of the line at any point. So it's a real challenge for the brain to, to um, create an image still keep the pen moving at all times without overdoing it. And that is absolute um, a balance act for all the intellectual and the physical exercise level. And it only works because of intuition. Yeah, it, it, I've, no way I've seen some that of you them. you can plan ahead. Right, yeah. it's I impossible. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So there's no pre-sketches that I do. They all come naturally. It just, I do every single drawing just once. And um, there are no pre-sketches, there are no second attempts, and uh, it's all done in ink in the first try. Um, not it's all just from an imagination. So it's a real, that's something very special. It's like climbing Mount Everest for an artist. And um, that only works because of intuition, because I'm able to navigate my brain into a space where I can think at the same speed as my hand moves across mm. the paper. And that is extremely difficult because our brain functions in a way and with a speed that is way faster than our body can react. And to really um, harmonize that and bring that to the same level is a big challenge. It's a very meditative challenge. I have to be exactly in the right mood to do that in the right type of concentration. And then it works. Um, otherwise, it's, it's not accessible to me either. Um, so it's it's even a challenge for me to do it, even though it looks very easy and natural. Yeah, <clears throat> I I want to learn to be more in that state as well. Uh, I think uh, the state of flow is something very yeah. similar to what you're describing. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, yeah. It reminds me of this uh, English rapper called Chris Turner. I love to watch mm -hmm. his um, appearances on YouTube. He. Um, because I enjoy rap in, in general, but also linguistically, um, he can rap in an improvised way. And to prove it to the audience, he allows them to give him five suggestions of the most obscure things they can think of. 
it doesn't take simple or, or, or um, everyday suggestions. It has to be something really um, complex if, if they can think of it, like um, 16th century crop rotations is, is the one he likes to cite when, when people are stuck for ideas. So he takes five suggestions and then he raps on the spot for uh, five minutes or so in, in perfect English. Sometimes he uses really big words even and it rhymes. And it's like you said, he comes up with the lines as fast as he can speak them. And he Incredible. also says there is there's the space that he goes to and he says everyone has the capacity to. Uh, mm. I believe uh, there are a lot of things that distract us and that dumb us down that mm. keep us from going there. And, and I mm -hmm. wish I could do more. Well, I am doing a little bit every day through meditating, for example, or um, or just just thinking and trying not to think too analytically, but letting things come to me. Yeah, Some I think our I think our last uh, podcast was a very similar flow experience to me. Just our, our conversation feels like that to me as well. Yeah, I like to be aware of the thoughts I have and how I got them. You know, I like to feel mm -hmm. like I'm in control. Um, and maybe that comes from a fear, not just a strength of intellectual capacity, but also a fear of losing my... Mm -hmm identity, mm -hmm. losing my control over myself, and then becoming someone else's toy, something like that. Mm. Whereas for other people, losing themselves to something or someone else is freeing uh, mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. like an art form. Mm -hmm. can, can you identify with that? Well, I have experienced both states um, that you describe and uh, depending on the life uh, circumstances, one of them is more helpful than the other. But um, what I've experienced in my life is that um, it really depends where you have your focus. Um, mm -hmm. Because if you try to chase after every thought, you will get lost. It, yeah. The brain produces so much information. There is so much input and output. You just can't control everything that's running back and forth. The Especially conscious brain, those are, right? Yes, the conscious brain. And if even if you try to manage uh, and try get a peek into the unconscious, it, it will kill you. Mm. It will just eat you up because it's just so deep and so... Um, it runs by its own. It doesn't need your input. It doesn't need your finger trying to uh, manipulate the liver, the levers uh, on the... On the, on the mental machinery, um, it, it does that all by itself. And it does that better if, uh, without you, basically. So we, that's kind of where we have to lean back and say, you know what, I'm just trusting that yeah. I'm functioning properly and I'll just leave it as it is. And, and it's fine like that. <laughs> yeah, I, I guess I have a difficulty that. trusting that the, yeah. the subconscious because yeah. I'm not sure, <laughs> is it really me? And am I still in control of me? But yeah. on, on the other hand, I'm kind of a, a friend of the idea of the common uh, subconscious. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. Like yeah. uh, people have described it as a, as a field that they connect with and that they get downloads. Um, yeah. Carl Jung uh, had, had uh, some phase where he went into uh, a state that was like a, a vision and he just 
like like you said, he was just overwhelmed with, or his mind was blown, we could say, um, because yeah. he got all these, these huge downloads and a lot of his work after that came from it. And he even tried to draw some of the things that he saw in his red book. Um, and I'm no expert on this. I've just read about it. I haven't read mm. in it, but um, I, I wish I could feel more comfortable with that connection and, and trusting. I think that's exactly uh, why we're talking about intuition today, because mm -hmm. um, I can help you. I would love to help you uh, come a little bit closer to that ideal. Um, it's intuition really is the solution to that problem because um, uh, to me, intuition is the accord between those opposing powers. It's that conscious and the subconscious finding uh, a common decision where they say where they're both comfortable with. Mm -hmm. And then they transfer that into you via a feeling or, or maybe even a thought or just um, an, intuition, an intuitive process that happens in your body. Because um, the way that we act out our decisions can be quite variable. I mean, sometimes we say something, but uh, we act the opposite. I mean, how many times have you said, yeah, we'll talk soon or something, and you never did? Mm -hmm. um, because it may be polite to say it, but you, your body already knows that it wouldn't be necessary to, to speak in a longer time. So, um, it's totally fine to, to stick with that and to, to accept these decisions that are made even though you don't have a conscious control of them mm -hmm. because they regulate your life to a degree um, that is actually more healthy and more sustainable um, because it would actually be really a pain in the ass uh, and quite uh, annoying to, to, to do all the things that we think and say all the time because it, it would completely immobilize us. Yeah. Um, it, and it would draw so much energy from our physical selves, we would not have the capacity to, to act out all of the things that we think and want and do and, uh, and wish and desire. Uh, and so to, to pr protect us from that overload that mm. we love to give to ourselves, our body says, hey, hold on, you know, you can't do it all. So um, let's... Uh, you know, hold back a little bit, and and that's actually safer for us. That's that's similar to trauma. Where um, I, I, the more I get to know people, the more I believe that everyone had had some form of trauma in their childhood. Oh, absolutely. And absolutely. then and then the I mean, birth, brain, birth is a trauma. Yeah, that's a good point. Uh, and then the brain to protect itself says, I, I can't process this right now, uh, yeah. and then suppresses it until yeah. 20, 30 years later. It decides, okay, maybe, maybe now's a good time. Let's bring it up, and then, ah, oh, yeah. and then depression, anxiety, shock, midlife crisis, yeah. whatever. And yeah. you try, people try to keep suppressing it because they thought my life was okay the way it was. Maybe I wasn't living <laughs> to my full potential, but I don't want yeah. to deal with this. <laughs> and then it depends a lot on, on how you um, respond to that trauma yes, exactly. coming to the surface again. Yeah. And it's totally fine to have fear and to not be in control um, because it challenges us to grow new tools um, and, it, and it challenges us to, uh, to become ourselves in ways that we haven't known ourselves before. Mm -hmm. And that is uh, uh, an expedition into, into the inner areas. And that's always very fruitful. I mean, 
if we look at medieval times, people thought this earth was flat. And mm -hmm. if you went to, to the too far, you would fall off, you know, uh, into the unknown. But that's not how it is. And it's the same uh, with our spirit, with our soul, with mm. our psyche. It, um, we are made from very solid material. I mean, uh, and not just the physical uh, functions. It's, it's also our, our brains function very well, even though sometimes we, we come to these rather, you know, unpleasant uh, um, emotional circumstances. But it will, it will bring us back to a, a state of well-being. You know, that it's just natural because and, our system is meant to sustain itself. And so yeah. the system itself will do everything to keep us in that mood, even though we sometimes drift off uh, and, and become off center by being very moody or depressed or something. But it will eventually always bring us back to that center of well-being, because that's where the system itself as And I mean, being a human being thrives the most and thrives best. Uh, would you agree that um, it's good to be cautious when um, surrendering to unknown um, areas or influences because there can also be subconscious um, values that we were programmed with that do not mm. come from, the, from this valuable un unconscious area, but also just This is how we were raised in, in our family, mm -hmm. in society, mm -hmm. in school. Mm -hmm. For example, never question authority, stuff like that can be very mm -hmm. unhealthy. And we, mm -hmm. I don't know where it came from. I just believe it. And then mm -hmm. sometimes I do confront authority and I, I fear for my life, even though it's irrational. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So how does that work together with influences from the unconscious? Well... Unfortunately, the information that comes into our brain is never labeled. Um, you know, sometimes things pop up uh, and they're not, hey, I, I was programmed into you by some billion-year-old evolutionary thing. Um, it doesn't say that. It just pops up and we kind of have to sort it. Mm -hmm. um, I've always enjoyed trusting, you know. I've always enjoyed the, the adventure of the unknown a little bit, but I think the real topic here is to find the healthy balance um, uh, between those. I mean, uh, if we look at people who live a wildly adventurous life and giving into all these weird and crazy ideas, you know, they, <laughs> you just need to take a look uh, at those kind of people. Um, but we, uh, we have to accept that these things are natural and they're very healthy for us as well um, because they bring a balance um, that we didn't know was necessary. Um, it's, it's building like, it's like building a house. It's, um, there's a program running throughout our life. Um, sometimes we can decide, sometimes we can't. Mm -hmm. um, And it's, it's okay to, to have things happen to you and to be thrown into circumstances where you don't feel as comfortable. I mean, uh, there's no child that is asked um, if, they want their, if they want their teeth to fall out at some point. <laughs> you know, It's just something that happens naturally and it's quite uncomfortable. But you get better tools after the first teeth have fallen out. So <laughs> the, the second teeth are more durable. So even though there is this, this process of being a little bit uncomfortable, you know, you get something uh, as a reward. 
for for trusting that yeah and and that has and been my experience too into that. Yeah. yeah it just feels like a, a risk and at the time yes let me, yes. Let me throw some uh, adjectives at you that artists or intuitive people in general are sometimes um yeah confronted with <laughs> so you're chaotic or impulsive you're mm -hmm. erratic and uncontrollable so yeah. this is like the rational perspective of an intuitive person because yeah. it just doesn't yeah. fit into their worldview but how do you defend well, or what do you think is behind these accusations well i i agree i agree that at times i am uh to a degree a little bit of all of those mentioned mm -hmm. and i use that actually as something helpful um because you cannot create order without a little bit of chaos beforehand um you cannot be um straightforward um with your decisions without also having uh, an impulsive uh, instinct to to really decide when something is important to do um, there are millions of examples in my life where impulsive decisions have led me to amazing discoveries and friendships and, um, and actually to my career. It's, it's completely mm -hmm. impulsive, impulse-driven and irrational. Uh, and I would like to give an example of that. As we all know, COVID has, uh, has closed down most of the, the normal life experience that we have had. Um, and in 2020, there was a very short period of time where um, there was no lockdown in Germany. Mm -hmm. And um, in 2019, I had won an art prize and the reward for that was a solo exhibition in a very beautiful old villa um, in the Villa Böhm in Neustadt. Um, so I had, told um, these people that I would like to exhibit in 2020, not knowing that COVID would come. And they said, oh no, so we're sorry, all the spots are full. You have to wait two years before you can exhibit with us. And I was really angry because mm. I said, you know, it's now that I have all the publicity, all the people have been to this first exhibition, they know my name now. Why should they, why should I wait two years when everybody has forgotten? So I said, if there's any chance, I want to exhibit in 2020. So March came, first lockdown came. And I was like, oh my goodness, where is this going? I was like, what am I going to do this year? It's like, there were no fairs, no exhibitions, nothing. How am I going to get clients? How am I going to survive in that year? And in June, I got an email from uh, this villa, from the organizers. They said, um, yeah, due to COVID, we had to cancel all the exhibitions, but because the lockdown ends in October, there's an open slot. And the artist um, who should have exhibited, she has withdrawn. So if you want to, you <laughs> can show your artwork and you can have your solo exhibition from October to November. And I said, yes, let's do it. Um, not knowing how everything was going to develop, but I'm going to tell you. So my exhibition started in October 9th and it ended on November 1st. And the second lockdown in Germany started on November 2nd. <laughs> so to the exact date, I had a solo exhibition running full time. We had record visitor numbers. We had, I had five or six newspaper articles. It was everybody came to see that because it was the only art exhibition in the entire area that was able to take place. And it was pure luck. And it was just my 
gut feeling, my intuition that it will be amazing. <laughs> and so it was. <laughs> yeah, so that's just one of those examples in my life where, where I have done something like that. And the list is quite long. I won't get into it anymore. But of course, there's a, also a lot of things that I have decided on which haven't worked out too well. <laughs> yeah. But nonetheless, I've learned something from each point, on, even on the failure list. And I think failure is, is just as important as um, successes because they really show where we can grow. And there's a big advantage um, because building strengths and building, uh, building our characters is really an amazing journey we can all experience. So when, when you do listen to these um, intuitions, these subconscious signals yeah. that, that guide you in your decision-making, yeah. do, do you think there's a force, an intelligent force behind it that is guiding you? Or because you just use the word luck, which is kind of the yeah. opposite. <laughs> well, <laughs> I am a little bit hesitant to describe the system or to personify the system behind that because how could I prove it? I mean, yeah, I'm not yeah. going to wait. I'm not going to wait till I die to meet someone who takes me in the arm and said, you know what? I, I was the one who took care of you or something. It was just like, you know, things happen and whoever or whatever is responsible for that or, um, you know, I'm just going to accept it as it comes. Okay. And, sure. and, You know, I can't, I can't tell you who makes the waves. I know it's the wind and it's the power of the water. I'm just going to take the wave and surf it as long as I can. And, and that's my attitude. All I have is now. I can't explain all the things in the past or the future. Only I, I can only react to what I'm doing now. And this is really all I can control ever. Okay. So your um, experience has led you to, to trust those impulses. Yes, um, yes. Yeah. Some people just call it the universe. Um, yeah. I like, I like the or uh, God or whatever you want to call it. It it doesn't matter. It all describes the same system or type of uh, um, events that happen. And uh, another possibility is uh, just different people who desire for things to work out a certain way, but they need each other. But they don't, yes. you know, but like you said, it's too big for us to fathom to think about consciously. Yeah. So they yeah. just send out that desire into the world. And then we, we could talk about the law of attraction and how mm -hmm. that brings together people who are yeah. on the same wavelength. Do, do you have yeah. experiences with that? A lot. I mean, and, and that's something I, I would like to say as well about my career is, um, I don't follow a, a logical career path where I tick off boxes. Mm. Um, my career basically is a, a continuous chain of meeting and experiencing life with amazing people. And it's these people that make the difference, these people that open the doors that make progress possible for everyone. And, um, and that's my life. It's, it's, um, Since I'm self-employed, you know, that's really the only way I can go with. And the beautiful thing is it gives liberty to everyone who's involved. Um, I hope I answered your question well, but maybe you want to go back to that point again and so I can double check. Yeah, it, it, well, I'm sure we could talk about this one question for hours, but um, have you heard of the term synchronicity? 
Oh, um, well, yes, and and um, it's actually something that I, that I trust very very highly and mm -hmm. regard it very highly. I always look for people that I can link and connect with for the next step, and that's mainly what I'm focusing on. I'm not looking for specific opportunities. I'm always looking for the right people to go the next step mm. um, because everybody is equipped with different tools, with a different set of knowledge. And so the people from the past that have brought you to where you are today sometimes don't translate to be important for the next step. Mm -hmm. So you drop them basically. And it's, it's a very friendly silent drop, which <laughs> doesn't hurt anybody because they also have their own development yeah. where you are not important anymore, basically. But for your personal development, you need new people. You want to be and surrounded by it. people who pull you up, right? Yes. And, and where, you where you feel that you can learn something from, where you can thrive, where you are inspired, um, where you can just learn something by observing them, that's, it's very fruitful, basically. And, and that's what I always look for. It's, um, I'm looking for a space where I can grow, for people who get me there, who help me, or because it will always be a double reward. Everybody mm. will gain a little bit more happiness and contentment with their life, with fulfillment, a sense of, of fulfillment by helping one another. And, and that's what I'm looking for. So really the opportunity that opens up is not as important as the person that opens the door. And it, it's with gratitude that I, that I look for these people and with a lot of respect. And that's how my life works, really. That's, uh, that's how I would describe it. So does that mean whenever you interact with people, you, you try to feel, are they the type of person that can bring me progress? Just are they open? Are they creative, productive, Absolutely. positive yep. people? Okay. Yes. Absolutely. And then you exactly. find out what but it is that they can help you with. I also choose my enemies. Uh -huh. I also choose my enemies a little bit um, because they give the opposition to create motivation to go into the right direction and refocus in the right direction. Yeah, so pessimistic people because, are always looking for problems rather than solutions, for example. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. Or they make problems. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. And so, uh, you, always, you always meet those people on the threshold to a really big new step, usually. Mm -hmm. Um, when everything is going smoothly, you know, you're just going in the right direction. Everything is fine. But when you meet the, the boss enemy, you know, the, the final chapter boss enemy, then you know you're onto something new um, and a big step in your personal development. So that's why I'm always grateful to have challenges like that. And it's, uh, hmm. it's exciting and nerve-wracking at the same time. <laughs> yeah. It, so it yeah. will give you an even bigger hurdle to overcome to yeah. make that progress yeah. interesting i'll have to look out for that uh you, you mentioned the these interactions from one person to the next that brings you mm. forward in your career and that it's not let's say uh project driven or not money driven or what are your values how, how do you choose projects how do you choose uh what you want mm. to learn next I think those values really are those intangible uh, truths that we all look for, um, peace, happiness, love, um, the things you can't buy mm -hmm. with anything material. Um, so 
I always try to look people in the eyes, try to feel who they are, um, try to build their character inside of me. Um, it's like my, my mind is like a little dollhouse where I have millions of people, uh, you know, living and, and I have like a special uh, relation or friendship with everyone. Mm. And uh, I try to bring them in, into perspective with me and see how they resonate and how my in, initial reaction towards them is. And when I have uh, um, a thorough positive uh, repercussion, you know, when I meet them, mm-hmm. um, then I can totally trust that, you know, whatever is going to happen is going to be positive and I will never have to worry that there will be anything negative growing from it. And even if so, I think I like them so much that I will be able to deal with it. Um, uh, and it will even be something of a pleasant experience. And that also has proven to be very true because it, um, um, you know, like it says, there's no, no sweet water can come from a bitter well. Mm. And when I have a positive impulse from someone, I, I have a positive response and, and I carry out that attitude throughout the entire uh, relationship, basically. And it sounds like you can use that as a lie detector as well. Yeah, very much, though. <laughs> <laughs> tell, tell honest people from, from those who have negative yeah. intentions. I I um, have decided that out of the two ways to become rich, I want to be the one that, that um, has those positive interactions where both people benefit rather than mm. becoming, uh, like growing on the backs of other people and, and exploiting them. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. I believe that it's possible. Ex- Yes, absolutely. And I've, um, I've met a woman in the fashion industry in Paris. Her name is Diane Perny, and she's a fashion icon. She had her own fashion house in New York. And then her husband died in a very tragic car accident in New York. So she left the city. She left her old life behind, and she went to Paris. And uh, she's, she, she is as well known, for example, as Karl Lagerfeld in this type of fashion society. And she told me... Um, even though fashion is very fast paced, it's very cutthroat, she loves to pay the people who work for her. And it is a real pleasure to, to give back to the people who've done so much and worked so hard. And I've also worked with people who are completely the opposite, who push you down on prices. And it's a real mm-hmm. ugly experience to work with them. Um, and on the surface, they seem to make a lot of career you know they're in times magazine published worldwide um but they fall short in so many human ways they have no friends so if they fall if something happens who are they going to turn back to is anybody going to be friendly with those kind of people you know if they make a mistake no so when you climb up the ladder of this career progress you better be friendly and you better um, have bring those good hearted values because they, in the end, they will make sure that your fall is also very soft if something happens. Yeah. In, in my studies about money, um, I learned that being stingy is a sign of being afraid um, that you will be poor one day. So if you have a uh-huh. mindset of lack, then you're constant, constantly attracting lack and, uh-huh. and, and loss and, uh-huh. and you know chaos and rather than thriving and uh, being successful uh-huh. 
So uh-huh. like you said earlier, it's, it's part of your focus. Uh, it depends on what you attract. Uh-huh. And so if you are happy to give, then I believe you will also be uh, receiving more and not uh-huh. for the sake of receiving, but just it's a side product of, of uh-huh. readily giving and giving can That's, be a wonderful thing. Yeah. It can feel wonderful. Yeah. It's it's really wonderful how you just phrased that. It's spot on, really good. Um, I want to ask you. Yeah, I ahead. want to ask you about um, what is your measurement for success? Because, like we said, uh, a lot of people like uh, the publicity. They don't like the money. Uh, mm-hmm. They like building a, a huge reputation, and those things. Mm-hmm aren't necessarily bad, but it's the intention uh, behind it mm-hmm. and, and the, the drive uh-huh. that brings you there. So uh-huh. I, like I said earlier, I, I, one of my goals is to be rich, but not for the sake of having money, but for example, uh-huh. to be able to give a lot to other people. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. And what drives you? Yeah. Well, I think uh, being rich can, does not necessarily translate into having a lot of money. It, hmm. You can be rich in so many other ways. Mm-hmm. I mean, um, I hope that everybody can say who's listening that they have the best mother in the world. And it's, um, it's so many riches cannot be described in a material way. Mm-hmm. And um, so my, my contentment or my feeling of success uh, is when I'm really just happy with myself. I don't need any other person's judgment on, on who I mm-hmm. am or what I do um, to be happy with who I am because I'm, the, I'm really the only one who knows. I'm, I'm the one who's occupied for my entire life being me. You know, um, there's, there's no one else who can, who can judge if I'm doing a good job or not. It's, it's, not, even, it's not even in their right to, to say that. Um, but um, you have your own set of rules that you follow and um, so people around you will notice if you're rather happy or unhappy about it. Um, and that's and that's kind of my definition of success. It's really being uh, accomplish, accomplishing myself um, and being happy with who I am. And if I can, if I can look at myself and say, yeah, I can fall asleep tonight with a smile on my face and feel good about what I did. In an interview, uh, Colin Firth said to, um, in, in front of young acting students, if, if you find that people are not happy with what you're contributing, go find other people who are. <laughs> because, because what you are or who you are is, is great. And, and yeah. a lot of people just don't know how to appreciate it but mm. there will be someone who, who does. Yeah. So find yeah. those people and, and stop trying to adapt to someone or something that is not you because you will mm. just suppress who you are in the process. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, Oscar Wilde said, um, be yourself. Everyone else is already taken. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> and uh, that, I think a big part of my life's mission really is just to be myself and encourage others to, to do the same and to have the courage to do that. Um, because it shines, it radiates. 
um, when you when you are around people who are very rooted in being themselves and and and, and actually living because they are themselves, mm. um, that's for me the greatest measure of success. And um, it doesn't matter how many prizes or medals you have won, or you know, it's just irrelevant. It's really the impact that you leave behind on other people's lives and if you can die with a smile on your face and you said yeah i know i fell um my final question is about uh a society so we said i i think last time how ev everyone is valuable and everyone has mm -hmm. something to contribute to this world uh but it's not the same and i think yeah. uh that that's a wonderful thing because uh we said we can all learn from each other and and help each other grow. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. what is it that, that keeps us from, from making the most use of this variety out there? Why do some people, or why do a majority of people, it seems like, focus on, on the physical things and, and are afraid to explore the, the inner values and the, the unconscious world? Mm -hmm. Well, everybody has a, has a level of learning they can grow to. I mean, not everybody has the capacity to expand really beyond measure um, mm -hmm. um when, we, when we go on <laughs> yes exactly i mean you could you could just spend your lifetime traveling uh trying to listen to everybody's life story and you you, you could spend your entire life doing that what's the point behind that i mean we all collect information we all collect relations we all collect that to a certain degree and it's like building a life's nest and once that nest is done we need to put our eggs in mm -hmm. so <laughs> to to kind of like build our own little thing and and, and mm -hmm. home and family and so it's i wouldn't say that people are fearful or lazy to learn it's just that not everybody has the need or the the the, the capacity to really expand their their view or their emotional horizon their uh professional horizon Everybody to their liking, really. Mm -hmm. It's, it's, um, we, I can't decide, you know, because something is good for me that it's also good for someone else. It's, mm. uh, yeah. you know, so. Well, wow. that's also very intuitive. <laughs> well, I, I really want these, that. I really want these discussions to be intuitive and to just be, be driven by the impulses we get as we speak. Um, that's one reason I love interviewing rather than uh, doing a monologue. I do want to try them in the future uh, by preparing some material and then hopefully just speaking my, my mind and what I have found to be valuable. But I, yeah, I think we have been able to enrich each other. Uh, hopefully I also think that everybody who listens to what we've said so far is, is enlightened in some way, or I hope that they're a little bit encouraged to to be themselves, to, to be unsafe sometimes, to be uh, irrational a little bit, and uh, to just experience life in the fullness uh, of all those you know, possibilities. Thank you. That's a good note to end on. 